and welcome to They Just Get It. My name is Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited, as I often am, to be here with my guest this morning, Ms. Haley Daniels. Good morning, Haley. Good morning. Um, Haley, it's really exciting to have you on. I've been a fan of you. I'm going to say, I'm going to say oh, fan. I, yeah, I've, I think yeah. we met like literally, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, it's been at, a while. At Mount Royal. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't even, yeah, I'm going to say three or four, but it's probably been five or six or seven. Um, I was doing some speaking at Mount Royal and I met you there as an eager, kind of bright-eyed, you know, bushy-tailed student doing, doing your thing. And then I started to hear about this, this sport that you were doing, which is slalom canoe. And I didn't really know what it was, but you seemed pretty cool. So I was like, I'm going to lean a bit. So I started following you on social. And I know, I think I checked, I was doing some creeping last night. You started to compete competitively or like on a, or from what your website says around 2012? Yeah. So I've been doing it for competitively for 10 years, I would say. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Almost 11. And uh, yeah, this year is the biggest year of my career. So it's kind of exciting. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get into that. Well, let's start. Let's give the audience, what is slalom canoe? Like, and how is it different from... Answer all the questions <laughs> that you've probably been asked before, but let's take people on a journey. What I'll is slalom the, canoe? The, when we go into schools and the, the lowdown. So basically Perfect. slalom canoeing is uh, when you go through gates on a whitewater course. We typically are on artificial courses. So... It's like a concrete ditch in the middle of a city somewhere. We actually have one here in Calgary called the Harvey Passage. Um, and I specifically do canoeing. So I'm kneeling and I have one blade and I have straps over my knees. And then there's a spray skirt that goes over my deck to keep the water out. So there's kayaking and canoeing. And um, I do both, but I decided to specialize in canoeing because I really liked it. You have okay. a light bow, so you can kind of whip it around when you do a pivots. You know, and friends... When uh, Ross would be like, pivot. Yeah. Okay, so just like that. Okay. All the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I was watching some videos last night. It seems super nimble and agile in terms of the boat and what you're yeah. able to do with it. So you're on your knees in there. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So you're kneeling. So um, it, I over the years, so I've been doing this for 10. When I first started, I could sit in my boat for like an hour, no problem. But this last little bit, it's been like 16 minutes on the dot. I have to get under my boat and stretch my legs. I was just going to ask, like, how does that, is it, I'm assuming, does it just get stiff or is it hard on your knees? Yeah, it's hard on my knees. And I've had four knee surgeries, so. Oh, ouch. Yeah, just. Um, and, but like, to, to a side or how was that, how was that yeah, distributed? Yeah, to a side. It's uh, lots of stories I could tell you. But, um, yeah, so sitting in a boat definitely is something that's been hard on my body. But I love it so much. It's just like that grind that you kind of push away and it's still there. And a little bit of your history, you've been in a boat, I think, since you said before you could walk or since you were on the water and I have some videos of you with your dad in a canoe and you got like <laughs> smile from ear to ear. So this has been in your family since the get-go. Totally, yeah. So I think that's what brought my parents together is the passion for the outdoors. And um, I did a lot of different outdoor sports growing up. I was snowboarding and skiing and running and I really fell in love with whitewater paddling. So it was just a natural fit for me to get in a boat and I guess, paddle my way to my career where I'm at now. That's fantastic. So it, was it, um, is there a fairly strong community? Was it easy to like, oftentimes we see sports now that are kind of well-founded and they have associations and organizations that it makes it easier for people to try them and get in. When you got into it, was there that network there to support you or was this just like literally mom and dad kind of helping you make, because I know your, your parents are a big part of your success. Totally, yeah. I mean, family is really important to me. It's, it's number one. Um, but uh, I guess getting into the sport there's a very strong community but it's not very big okay uh but everybody everybody knows everybody yeah everybody knows everybody and and the people that are a part of it are extremely passionate and dedicated to it and I think that's what really drew me towards it is that they were just so eager and willing to help me figure out a way to get into it uh so one of my dad's best friends at the time 
had been on the national team and he said, okay, you know, like there's national championships. If you want to come, uh, you can show up and just try it out. So I came to nationals. I swam. So swimming means where you flip over and you can't roll and you pull your spray skirt and then your yard sail on the river, your boat somewhere, your paddle somewhere. <laughs> I love the term yeah. yard sail. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I swam, I got out of the water, I was crying. And I remember to this day, this coach, his name was David Manning. He's actually a, um, a gym teacher and outdoor ed teacher here at uh, West Mountain Calgary. And he came up to me and he said, it's all good. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you, you can just get better from here. And uh, yeah, that really stuck with me. The right voice at the right time. Completely. And How old were you at that point? Uh, I think I was 13 or 14. So I got into the sport a little later than most people. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was it. That was the turning point for me. You were hooked. And it's been, and you, at that point, was it still whitewater in general or was it specifically canoe? It was, I was actually kayaking at that point. Okay. So okay. Um, I started kayaking because it's a lot easier to kayak sitting on your bum. You have two blades. Um, and then it got announced that women's canoeing was going to be in the world championships. Um, and at that point, I was doing both categories and I was doing a lot more kayaking. And I was realizing that if I wanted to get good at canoe, I needed to really focus on it. You needed, so, to, needed to go all in from a, like basically focusing on the sport. Yeah. So I had a conversation with my mom and dad. We, we kind of looked at a pro con list and we we're like, okay, let's focus on canoe right now and see if kayaking something I want to do later. But really, and really you're like 14, 15 at the time. Yeah, I was I was about sixteen or seventeen at that point. Okay, so getting um, a little bit older, but those, yeah, a little older. But those those are big decisions. Like, what am totally. I going to do? And I don't know. And at that point, you're still doing things based on well, I just I like it. I like doing this. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the um, at that point, I applied to the National Sports School, and uh, got in there. And it was still in Ernest Manning, and I actually went to Ernest Manning, so I got to still hang out with my friends while I was in school, and that was a big deal for me because I'm a, a I'm an extrovert for sure. So you need that community around yeah, you. I needed that community. I was like, I have to leave my friends for sport, but Which um, when you're 16, 17, that's like your world. Totally. Right. And, uh, a lot of my friends, uh, our sport is very global. So a lot of my friends were across the world. So, um, having my community in Calgary was really important and having my friends there. So, and I'm still friends with a lot of them to this day, which that's, is really cool. Well, I love the, you know, with digital and with everything, our world is a lot smaller than it's ever been. Completely. Where, yeah. where is the biggest, like, is there a place in the world where this is a bigger deal? Quote unquote. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Slovenia and Slovakia, it's their like national sport. I just got back from Croatia. I was there mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks. I didn't make it up there, but it's a beautiful part of the world. And oh, they, yeah. And the nature, like we went into some of the backcountry and just like around their parks and the lakes. It, it was really, it was more beautiful than I expected. I can only imagine that's, you know, right next door. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've never been to Croatia, but um, we just had a World Cup in Slovenia. And most of the athletes after the World Cup actually went to Croatia for a little bit of a break. Um, put, it on, put it on the list. Note, side note is it is as beautiful as everyone says it is. Oh, <laughs> I would love to go. Yeah, Slovenia is definitely my favorite country. It's uh, Canada in this tight little box. So oh, that's I can cool. Imagine that's a cool way to compare it. Would be like. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So then you started moving down the path, and obviously at this point you're doubling down. You know what you're going to be focusing on. And so what year is this? You're 16, 17. You said because you started, I think, writing on like Pan Am Games, things like that. That was around 2012. Was there a lot more regional yeah. or local stuff that you were competing in along that path? Yeah. So, I mean, like the way as an athlete, you want to try and like not be a little fish in this big pond. You want to kind of build your way up. Right. So right. you want to do smaller competitions to feel good about uh, how you are as a paddler and well, then, experience confidence. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. So I made the national team around. Oh, my gosh. I don't know years, but <laughs> I think okay. it's OK. Um, I think it was around 2009 okay. or 2010. 
And so like 10 years, because you said you've been competing 10 years. So that's, yeah, that's so, easy Yeah, um, so, and then I went to the World Championships in Bratislava, which were in Slovakia. Um, I have a lot of family in Vienna, so it was very cool for me because... Oh, that's um, a cool experience. That's nice to tie that all together. Yeah, I got to... My, my family got to come watch me, which and is everything over And everything over... It's a train ride away. It's a couple hours in any direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I... And I just totally butchered that competition. It was not, it was not my <laughs> finest moment. Um, but uh, it was also one of the Olympic qualifier... I believe it was Olympic qualifier for... Um, all the other categories. So, I mean, if you want to dive into that, we can dive into We are that. absolutely going to okay. dive into that. So, because I think that's the big <laughs> end point here that we're working towards, right, is Tokyo 2020. Yeah, exactly. So, um, my biggest barrier and also something that's kind of been like my, I don't even, it's not passion, but it's like, I don't know the word I'm thinking of. It's like, okay. it's right up there and it's like everything I've been working towards. So, kind of like your North Star, if you Yeah, will. my North Star for sure, but it's not just because of, um, wanting to get to the Olympics, it's become so much more than that. So um, our sport, the men have been in the Olympics and the women have not. I was reading a little bit. You absolutely, I want to get into this in a big way. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it's been, like, it still baffles me that that's something that's happened. So it's the same situation. I want to ask the obvious question, like, why? But I know that that's, We we can get into it for sure, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm assuming um, there's history and layers and layers of maybe some bullshit and you like a whole the, bunch of yeah, yeah. answer or off off answer yeah so you, you know i want the real answer <laughs> for sure um so same situation as the women's ski jumpers uh we had to go through a serious battle so what happened is um after the world championships that was the first world championship one of the first world championships that women's canoeing was a part of um and then we were also part of the world cup circuit we were all like look we're ready for the olympics why can't you put us in and this was before london so um, we band together all the women's canoeists across the world. And this wasn't just white water. This was also flat water. So um, this was affecting a large amount of people across okay. the world. So we came together and we said, what can we do to put pressure on our federations and the International Olympic Committee and the International Canoe Federation? Um, so we started writing letters. Um, we started all of us going to the media. And we're all quite young at this point. Like I was 18 or 19 20, I can't really remember. And for me, that was quite young. Um, kind of fighting against the Olympic Committee. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, fighting, petitioning, there was challenging. <laughs> a lot that was going on. Uh, there was a, a gal by the name of Pam Boatler who was really uh, pushing the cause. And she started working with uh, the students at Queen's University to put a, together a class action suit. And uh, Oh, you guys went down that road. Yeah, and, and it was actually... It was very, very early on um, because they started putting together uh, uh, the, the word I'm looking for. They started to basically say that they were not um, going to go down that path and they wanted to work with us. So we, we started backing off a little bit. Okay, but so you, you got their attention. Yeah, oh, for sure. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah, and um, every time we'd go in the media, uh, I would talk about how, like, so it, just to give you a picture, um, when you're not a sport in the Olympics you have zero access to funding. So I am making the national team, and there's kayak in the Olympics for women, but there wasn't canoe. So uh, my teammates who are in kayak have the opportunity to qualify for Sport Canada funding, for grants and different various things, and my male counterpart also in canoe has the same opportunity, where I'm completely self-funded and I have to try and get to the same level as them but not have any financial support. Any support. Any, so, any network there to support you besides literally friends and family. Yeah, exactly. So um, that was 
really hard to go through. And I think like that was another major motivating factor to try and get in the Olympics. Uh, but when we'd be in the media and we'd be talking about, they'd be say, okay, what does this mean to you as an athlete who's working towards something, but the Olympics can't be your dream. You know, as a young girl, you want to go to the Olympics and of course, you're not allowed yeah, because of your gender. Sure. That's insane. Uh, so <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, one of the things was funding. And so we would be in the media talking about it and then the media would want to get different sources talking about the story. And so they'd call up Sport Canada and they'd go, so why aren't you funding these women's canoeists? And Sport Canada would be like, oh my God, has Haley been in the media again? That's awesome. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, so, so you were, we were, you were we a were thorn rumbling, in their side. Totally. And you know, like as much as it was a pain in their butt, like I really believe that that was a good step in the right direction because people knew about it and that story was getting out there. And I mean, like, I started this sport because I love it. I love the rush, the adrenaline, but it became so much more. It became about advocating for breaking that glass ceiling and using sport as that platform to have gender equality across the board. Well, it became bigger than just you and your boat. Completely. Which is amazing. Yeah. Once you have a purpose or a North Star or whatever you want to call it, it's powerful how it can drive. And, and I love how it brings, it's like that sense of community must have been significant because you're all rallying oh, yeah. against a common foe at that point, really. Yeah. And I mean, thank God for the internet. Um, so we were able Your to ability to mobilize yeah. globally. Mm. Um, so we were, we had a group chat and we were constantly talking about what was going on and, um, we were ready for London. They didn't put it in for London. We were ready for Rio. They didn't put us in for Rio. Um, are you having dialogue? Are they giving you any whys at this point? Yeah. So the whys, so, um, the International Canoe Federation and the International Olympic Committee ha are, um, I guess they have certain standards that you need to be in the Olympics and the, First one is that they don't want to have too many medals. Like every time you have a medal category, it costs the International Olympic Committee a lot of money because okay. they have to feed that athlete for the two weeks. They've got to, there's, there's just a lot of logistics with it. Okay. Um, and so that was one thing. And then the second thing was also that they felt that there was not enough participation country-wide, worldwide Right, because they, they have to have a balanced <clears throat> representation and one group can't come in and just dominate and win all the medals, yeah. that type of thing. Okay, so, that, so, that makes sense. I'll cut them some slack on that. Yeah, and, and in the beginning, for sure, there was only um, countries that had, uh, like, there was not that many countries. Um, right. But in Re before Rio, we had 45 countries competing, and that's more than enough to be in the Olympics. And we had... Uh, at World Cups, you know, we had like up to 60 girls competing, which is huge. So, um, yeah, I think we were ready for Rio, but that's, they did not believe we were ready. So, yeah, so um, they, another thing they did is they, and they being. The proverbial they. Yeah, the, the proverbial they. It's uh, it's basically, in my mind, when I continue to think about it, it's this group of European dudes who are sitting in a boardroom and being like, we will not have women in the Olympics, but but really, it's it's um, so much more than that. It's easy to paint that face of the villain, and yeah. right or wrong, we don't know. But you're right; it's easy to paint that, and like the old white guys suppressing, you know that that's a that's a story that's 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 out there. Not to say it's true or untrue, but it is it is a story. Mm -hmm. And and just just to be clear, like I love every male and female out there, and and uh, I remember sitting down with a. a someone who I look up to, Russell Reimer, and uh, he said to me, you need to make it clear when you're doing this branding and when you're going out there, you need to make sure that you're not trying to be a feminist or rah, rah, rah females. Right. You're just looking for equality. And 
And that's there is a difference between those two things, and yeah. I think they have their place because sometimes you got to yell a bit loud to get attention. For sure. But at the end of the day, it is about equality because if it's yeah. not like it's just anything other than that is kind of ridiculous at this in this day and age. Well, for at any time, but now more than ever. Yeah. So yeah, fair um, the good, other that thing, was good advice. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I mean that has totally stuck with me every time I do anything. And uh, I think the other thing they also did is uh, they started putting us against another category. So originally. There were men's canoeing, men's kayak, and men's sea two. So that's two people in a boat, and they go down, and they have a paddle on either side. Okay. And then there was women's kayak in the Olympics. So there was three categories for men and one for women. So they started saying that if we want to be in the Olympics, uh, uh, we being women's canoeists, we have to basically kick out the men's sea two category. And so they're like, oh, so you're taking away the Olympic dreams of these males that want to go. And And I was like whoa, 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 okay, step back for a sec. There's still three categories for men and there's one for women. So you need to reassess, yeah, we're taking away these Olympic dreams, but then go get in a C1 or a kayak. Like, you know, there's there was, no there was, C2. There, there was other avenues is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. So so that was... I, I, I hate the concept of this, like, this net, like this net zero, like for one to win, one has to lose. Like that's... Yeah. You're like, I need more options. I don't, I don't want to buy into that choice. Well, and I think they were leaning on that a lot too so that we would almost back off a little bit, but you know, the future's female and we continue to push and, uh, yeah, it, uh, the category did get kicked out, kicked out. So it's no longer an Olympic sport. Uh, Rio was the last Olympics that we had men see too, but Tokyo will be the first Olympics that we have women's canoe. So it's an evolution. Uh, it's, it's, it's an evolution. It's and, uh, I mean, this Olympics is going to be totally crazy. There's skateboarding and climbing and surfing and, now women's canoeing, and I think it's going to be really exciting, and um, I'm putting everything on the line to try to Well, the Olympics, more than anything, has to roll with the times. Like, what's happening? What's popular? What do people want to see? Completely, yeah. What, what, do you, what do we get excited about as, as, as viewers, and what can we get behind? Was there ever a time in that journey um, where you said, like, this isn't worth it, like, it's taking too much focus, it's taking away from my training? Did it ever kind of wear you down, or was that North Star always kind of shining light for you? Oh, no, yeah. Like, You're shaking I mean, your daily, head. daily. Like, <laughs> what am um, I doing? Like... Uh, yesterday I got on the water and I was like, oh my God, like I'm training. It's, I'm tired. Like it's, it's kind of, it's a constant battle, but I appreciate it, your honesty on that. Cause it's easy to paint the superhero picture from the outside and like, oh, I, you know, some, someone said to me years ago, they're like, oh, you don't know you, you, you never have self doubt. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> just because you see me acting doesn't mean I wasn't doubting a second before I did the thing, <laughs> but I think it's really easy. And that was part of the impetus of the show. You see people that are successful and you go, you kind of minimize like, oh, they don't get nervous or they never have down days or they're always up. No, they just tend to push through a little bit more than maybe that other people do. And it's really good to hear the honesty. Yeah, I mean, it's you have down days like every yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. And I, I mean, like um, resiliency. Yes, I have. I have this little tattoo on my wrist. I can show you it. It says "Be a Spider." Okay, um, we're gonna take a shot of that <clears> after and put it up online. Yeah, and uh, so basically, it's uh, there's this book, and it's a, a local person who wrote it. So it's it's kind of cool. His name's Todd Hirsch. Okay, um, and he wrote this book called "Spiders in Space." And um, I've had just some seriously hard adversity through my sport, uh, also some personal stuff with family, and um, my brother and I. We kind of, in New Zealand, we were like, okay, let's get this tattoo. So what it means is uh, when spiders were sent to space, um, they adapted quicker, quicker than humans. Uh, and humans had a lot of trouble. I mean, when you cry in space, gravity doesn't take your tears. So you have to, like, figure out how to get the tears out of your eyes. Um, so there's a lot going on. So, but spiders figured out how to spin a web almost perfectly without gravity. 
Uh, so it's a, a, I've never heard that story. Yeah. That's so it's kind of a metaphor for adaptability. So, um, I have be a spider on my wrist and my brother's got, oh dear. Um, my brother's got in space on his wrist. So, um, yeah. So it's kind of like when I have those down days, I kind of look down at my wrist and I'm not a big proponent of tattoos, but I do believe in having little visual <laughs> well, it mean, cues. Well, it, mean, it means something to you. And yeah. I, I think that's powerful, having, you know, anchoring or something that's going to like, okay, recenter, kind of go back to that, that, that resource state of being, of being resourceful. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I can be okay. I can get through this. Uh, yeah. And uh, my sports psych actually gave me the book um, after I had some hard times. And I think I was, I, that was my next question. Do you, do you have a team around you that supports you? You completely. said sports psychologists. Okay. I, yeah. I think that's huge. And I think a lot of times I think a young, there's an younger generation that reaches out for help more. There's an older generation of people. I know that they almost, it's like, Oh, it's weakness. If you ask for help, which is actually come on. A, that's, that's, a, that's a, not a supportive belief. <laughs> yeah. I mean like having, um, to the point that I've gotten to, I have not gotten here alone. I've had a massive team of people that have helped me. Um, like I'm running a small business essentially. Absolutely. Um, and it's not just of the the financial aspects of it. It's also like the mental well-being. And I, you know, I was strength trainer, nutritionist, uh, sports psych, coaches, you name it. So yeah, like my my strength trainer is also my energy manager. So we, we check in. You have an energy manager. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so we check in every now and again, and he's like, okay, so like, where are you at? How are you feeling? We actually had a conversation recently, um, and he was like, so. Uh, how much have you been sleeping? <laughs> like, what's your nutrition like? So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that you have to to keep in check. And uh, we travel so much for our sport. And traveling can just like kick the heck right out of you. Like that's yeah. the, jet lag is a real disease. I joke. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's it's very hard. Especially to as an with. athlete, where you're trying, where you, we need to be at 100. percent If you're traveling, you're on vacation, and you can kind of stroll through your day and spend your day at coffee shops. You can get through the jet lag, but when you're on the water, or you're competing, or you've got to go in, in a competitive environment, that's very real. And sleep deprivation is a form of torture. I joke often. <laughs> yeah, I mean, melatonin is like one of our best friends. So, yeah. So I mean. Traveling for, for work, I'm sure you know, it's, it's, it's a different beast. And I think um, when, if you were to look at my social, social media, you would think, oh my gosh, you have the best job ever. You get to travel the world. You get to do all these places. But, you know, depression's a real thing. Being away from your friends and family all the time is a real thing. And you have to constantly be in new environments. And when you're at competitions, uh, you're, yeah, you're getting out for like an afternoon to go see the place you're in. But you're oftentimes like watching Netflix in your Airbnb or your hotel. Right. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I... So you're saying the world isn't always as glamorous as social media portrays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, coming back to that, uh, talking about if there's down days or anything, like, there's so much of me sometimes that just wants to put that out there and just say, like, you know, like, today I feel like crap. Like, today I really don't want to get out there and go do it, but it's so hard to be vulnerable and put yourself in front of that, it is. There's that a persona audience. that people and people kind of tend to want to see the positive. And it's funny, like we want to see the positive, but yet we really appreciate or you know, find connection to people when they're actually more vulnerable and honest. Mm -hmm. But yeah. yet the world portrays this like picture perfect, shiny, like living my best life, hashtag or whatever hashtag <laughs> it is. Where reality it is the roller coaster, but it's it's the keeping moving forward, I think, that separates the, the difference. But And you've surrounded yourself with a support network of people. Mm. Yeah, so... Um like our sport, again, we, we're a very small sport and, uh, because we're small, we also don't have a lot of funding. So, um, that's kind of where uh, the biggest part of my team is people helping me to fundraise for the year. So, you know, we have anywhere from 50 to $80,000 that 
we have to come up with just to compete and that's just just to support the kind of to, to kind of make your nut as, as they say like this is how much it costs to run this business this this athletic endeavor and that's what like how's the, how's the yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's if everything goes perfect <laughs> so how's the fundraising been like what's worked for you is it you know obviously you need to probably branch out beyond friends and family is it is it corporate is it associations like where do you lean to for that side of your business i'm just gonna take a drink of water sure absolutely because it's, you know, that in itself can be a full-time job, let alone being out there training. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot of work fundraising, uh, but I am lucky that I really love marketing and I have a background in that and uh, started realizing, I mean, I've learned more from being a broke athlete than I have learned from university. David Finch would kick me saying that, but um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah, the, 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 the trenches of real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like... There's so many different avenues that I go down, um, but I think the most, okay, so we'll, we'll start. So the, there's there's three different ways that I look at um, sponsorship and fundraising. So one is fundraisers, um, then two is private donations, and then three is sponsorship. Okay. So I play in all three of those realms. Uh, so uh, fundraisers, I've had so many different uh, types of fundraisers, but when I first started, I did a wine and cheese. I had some people come to a community center and, you know, I had friends and family and thought it was cool. Raised like $6,000, thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, but definitely we've, we've gone up from there. So I started realizing, um, looking at nonprofits and seeing why they were selling tickets, obviously for the cause, mm -hmm. um, but also they often had something to do. So someone could go buy a ticket and, you know, like ride for the con to cure cancer like you're riding your bike so you're getting out there you're supporting uh cancer research but you're also feeling fit and getting outside so i tried to do something and connecting with the community which is connecting so, with the community. so important part of that exactly so so my fundraisers kind of evolved quite a bit from the typical uh wine and cheese so my first fundraisers that we started with were um uh they were I had a vegan cookbook, so I was a yep. vegan for a long time, and then I had vegan cooking classes that I had out in Canmore at the Paint Box Lodge, and those were awesome, uh, but they were only about $2,000, $2,500 a pop, and uh, it was a lot of work for how much we were doing. I was okay. actually working with them. Um, I also had uh, demos of coffee roasting with Calgary Heritage Roasting Co. when they were first starting out. Now they've got their own cafe, and it's pretty exciting to watch them take off as well. Um, and then... Uh, this two years ago, uh, I was I so I also um, formed an advisory committee. So a mentor of mine uh, told me, "Look, I think you have all these great ideas, but I think you need to come up with like almost like a board of directors of Haley." And so every single time you have an event, you have eight people who can invite their network, uh, and also like yay or nay ideas. Like you can come in and say, "Like I'm thinking of this. I'm thinking of this on this date. What do you guys think?" And they can go yeah, that's really sweet, or no, or yeah, I won't be able to make it, and you probably shouldn't do it because it's Stampede or something like that. So things that I wouldn't that's have really, That's solid advice. Again, you're just expanding that network, that kind of yeah. mastermind group, but I love it. It's a board. It's your yeah. advisory board. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, I just looked at really people smart. that had been in my network and had kind of been champions, uh, part of what I was doing, and really like supported me, and I was like, okay, I'm going to ask them. And it was it's kind of random. They're like, yeah, and every person I asked hands down was like 100 percent. i'll be there um that's great and, and that, that, those little wins like that in itself is a win you feel inspired that these people wow they care they want to support me that's great totally right and and my dad always says that like celebrate those little victories 
Uh, and right. it's good really advice, important. Dad. Yeah. That's good dad advice. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah, so we had a so I have an advisory board, um, and then we came up with this idea. Um, David Legg, who's a teacher at Mount Royal, uh, in one of the meetings, he said, "So I'm sponsored actually by a brand. Uh, it's a community here. It's called Harmony. Okay. Um, and uh, if you've ever seen the colorful paddles on the highway, uh, that's the community out there. So every time I would drive to the Kananaskis, that's where we would train a lot." I would see these paddles and I'd go, who are these people? With the <laughs> how, paddles, absolutely. How do I get in contact with them? Because I feel like we just have just so much brand alignment. Uh, so I hustled hard and I found out who their um, their CEO and board of directors were. And uh, I got a meeting and uh, signed them as a sponsor. And they were my first really big sponsor. So that was... That's awesome. Wait, where really, was that? How long ago? Oh, my gosh. I've been with Harmony for four years now, I think. Okay, good for you. Three or four years, yeah. And um, they are a dream come true sponsor. Like they're really my family. Um, everyone I talk to there is, uh, so strongly believes in what I'm doing. And, uh, we're always talking about how we can be a partnership. And I think that's how every sponsorship should be. I've had some, some sponsorship deals that are, they're not like that. And they're a lot of work. And I think Harmony, like I actually love the name of your podcast. They just get it. Um, because Harmony just gets it. And, and I think there's with, with sponsors and with different people that you work with, uh, sometimes you'll see that they just get it or they really don't get it. And they're, they're stuck in their, their ways and they can't see outside of the box. And it's very hard to work with people like that, but sometimes they have really big paychecks and you still need to work with them. No, and I, I think that's really honest to talk about that. Like as a, as a, as a business, the business of Haley and the business of making this sport come true, you know, and again, in a perfect world, you get to work with the perfect clients. And even in our world, sometimes you, you sign up cause you're like, this is a good piece of work, but uh, it's just harder than it needs to be. Cause they don't get it. Thanks. Thank you. Totally. For, thank you for getting that. They just get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I was <laughs> working calling with, that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was actually what attracted to me so much. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so I was working with Harmony, and I totally lost my train of thought of what we were talking about. We're just talking about sponsorships and actually kind of the different avenues you've gone down. I yeah, think, okay, and, and right, the, David. And, and the, David, and the okay, evolution, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I had Harmony as a sponsor, and David was like, why don't you take all those paddles off the highway and get those painted? And oh, then so this is where painted, painted paddle came from? Yeah. Oh, very cool. And so, we were, so I contacted Harmony. I was like, so can we take down all your paddles? And Ryan, my contacts, they're like, he's like, Haley, those are really big paddles. <laughs> they're really dirty. Are you sure you want those paddles? They're like, a, like along the side of the road paddles. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, we can get some other paddles made for you. Like, let's do that. So, and then I started realizing, okay, like, let's actually, let's get some real paddles um, and get those painted. So I found a bunch of artists on Instagram. Um, oh, and, very cool. Because yeah. I've seen it and I love the idea, but I didn't know the backstory. Yeah. So I found, um, and this is like, you have to imagine, like, I'm doing this all while I'm on the road. So I'm in Australia, and I'm, I'm messaged, like, it's 40 degrees out, and I'm, like, in my air-conditioned house, like, hustling these sponsors or hustling um, this stuff. So, and it's, it's, it takes a full year to plan these things. Um, and then, yeah, I, like, got these different artists to paint the paddles. I worked with a team uh, called Studio B Events, and they were just some friends, and they said, look, we'll help you plan this event. Um, they found uh, the location for the first one. It was at a, a rowing studio uh, owned by an Olympic gold medalist. And It's uh, appropriate. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. And we, we started putting it together. And then a friend of mine's like, you definitely need to media pitch this. Like, uh, so I Googled press release, <laughs> wrote a press release. How, how to write a press release, <laughs> yeah. the classic how-to. Um, Back to I, being resourceful and resilient, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and it's all then, online. You just have to ask. Exactly. The and Oracle I, knows all. Oh my God. 
<laughs> and you actually, um, like, fun fact, you don't even really need a press release anymore. You need a, a one-paragraph story. I know. And, you know, that's... The what, press release, con- the press yeah. release concept, <clears throat> and, 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 you, and you need a few connections. Completely. Because that's what it's really about. Yeah, mm. and luckily, I had just met with someone at the time who had this media list of everyone in Calgary, and they sent oh, it to me. That's gold. And I was like, thank you. Like, this is going to help me for years to come and it has life is about the relationships yeah always Mm. completely so uh yeah so uh we're now coming up to our third year of this event um we had last year we had it at cold garden it was a sellout uh we had a performer a contortionist that uh performed at it as well ah so you like back to your original point of like you really up the experience of it completely every time and cold garden oh like i love working with them they're just such an amazing they get it brewery Mm -hmm. they totally get it and like fact that you can bring dogs like I have a, a little golden retriever and he is my heart so if I can bring him and have beer like I grew up with a golden retriever yeah. as well I love your Instagram and your you and your yeah. dog no, I love it yeah yeah that's golden's a, always have a space definitely my... like a part of my branding yeah. one of the new sponsors I just got it it was a part of my pitch I was like I'm gonna go out and my dog will be in all of these shots that's awesome we have a dog friend in the yeah. office as well and we've oh, got awesome. clients we have a couple dogs on our on our on our staff page on our on our we just launched a new website last week so on our oh, website right, and we had a couple <laughs> clients call us and like um is the uh, Rimini the boxer going to be in the meeting because that's why we're here as a chief of dog operations it's amazing dogs have a powerful like it's oh yeah and in the office it's always entertaining they come in and they know that there's trees at the front desk they go barreling down anyways it just changes the whole vibe in the office it's oh, you, anytime he's welcome especially golden you can bring golden anytime I have oh a yeah, spot. he's he's a he's a heartthrob for sure. Everywhere we go, people are. Can we pet your dog? And we actually um, friends of ours uh, were hiking the other day, and I saw them in the parking lot, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, hey, like, how's it going?" And Skokie ran up, and they were like, "Oh my, are you coming hiking with us?" I was like, "No," and they're like, "Oh, I wanted to hang out with your dog." That's hilarious. So. What about me? Well, yeah, you can come too, but as long as the dog is there, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a yeah. great it's a great icebreaker. Totally. Yeah. So, um, getting back to it, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, the, the event um, has been totally amazing. And um, it's, I remember uh, being at the last event last year. It was in January, and it was right before I left to New Zealand and Australia for some competitions. Um, and I had a really hard year last year because I also had shoulder surgery in October. Oh, so. your, your body's taking a bit of a beating. Yeah, I've, I mean, I, I've had uh, quite a few injuries, so that builds up your resiliency. Yeah, sure. and it's also it's also the path of the competitive athlete like Yep, injuries yeah, is so a big part of it. It is. And yeah. yeah, how long you can go and how quick you can get back and even as I get a bit older, I'll say with a asterisk, <laughs> I got to watch my train like I can I can slip into that so quickly and then it, you know, you better to train maybe one notch, you know, not as a competitive athlete, but train one notch less and train more because every time you're injured you're not training. So yeah. that creates a gap and it's and also you know, the mental side of not training is a whole nother thing. Yeah, I mean <laughs> depression is a real thing when you're not being physically active when you're used to it <laughs> that's uh yeah i like i had meetings with my sports like tenfold before the surgery just to just, get, to, just to mentally get prepared yeah and uh, physical resilience is one thing but mental resilience is really yeah. at the root of it all and recovery is so hard i am i like i always am going 110 miles an hour like i just i love being busy uh so recovery has always been a struggle for me it's it, you know there, there's there there's there's a philosophy out there that it is also life's way of slowing you down. <laughs> you're like damn, get out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> um. So injury free, you're in good. You're. I'm. I am 100 percent right now. Shoulder that's surgery awesome. was the best thing that could happen to me. Oh, that's uh, good to hear. So, for yeah. anyone out there who's maybe kind of because it's easy to avoid those things and put them off. For sure. And they, they don't use. There's a point where they don't get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like it's hard going through it initially, but if you have a plan and a good team like physio team working with you, 
um, and you're dedicated to getting after those exercises, you bounce back quite Yeah, quickly. doing the exercise that the physio lays out for you? <laughs> yeah, you got to do those. If you don't I'm, do them, they don't work. Yeah, <laughs> I would do them three times a day, but that's because I wanted to get back in my boat as quickly as possible. So, so I, I love when you surprise the physio. They're like, oh, wow, you did the exercises. <laughs> you're like, well, you gave them to me. You're like, most people don't do the exercises. <laughs> yeah, legit. Yeah, I was uh, the physio I was working with was like very, hadn't worked with a lot of athletes. And he was like, okay, like we're just going to like, jump ahead like two weeks here you're perfect you're already ready. and that's what every athlete yeah. wants to hear oh i'm fast tracking this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so when's your next painted paddle event so for, yeah so people you know just so people know about it you can get involved you can come in you can because you walk away with the paddle it's highest bid per paddle is yeah that how it for works? sure so and we have some really cool artists this year so um usually they've traditionally they've been in january but we have olympic qualifiers in australia in january this okay. year so it's in november um and it's so this is perfect timing. We launch this in a few weeks. People totally, can start thinking about it. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this November, is all about blatant plugging <laughs> everything here. <laughs> Plug. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the last Monday of November at okay. Cold Garden. Okay. And um, we have Fresh Kitchen that's going to be catering it. And and they're one of your sponsors as well, correct? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. So, um, they're great. They're Oh my gosh, their food is so good. Yeah. I get deliveries from them and I'm just like, whew. Oh, so they keep you fed as well. They oh, keep me fed, that's, yeah. Which is and fed. like high class. Like we're getting like scallops and salmon and risotto. Not only eating healthy, you're eating good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like I'm gourmet, but at home. Um, so, <laughs> That's awesome. There's, yeah. a, there's, there's a good plug for the right now. No, they run a good business. I, yeah. I came across them years ago. They're great. Mm. Yeah, no, Paul's awesome. I, I really love having him on our team. Um, and, he gets uh, it. <laughs> yeah, totally. He totally gets it. Uh, and so, yeah, so... Um, the, some of the artists this year, we have, like, Silked Lalman that's painting a paddle. Oh, wow. Um, okay. We have. Well, you uh, must have access with what you do and the path that you're on with 2020. You must be able to tap into a lot of that community. And you just, as an athlete, like, I, I mean, I haven't been to the Olympics yet. I've been in the Pan Am Games, but um, it's definitely like a, a community. Like, you, you just kind of, you meet another athlete who's been on this path, and you're like, it doesn't even matter if you like each other, you totally get any totally are Well, there's a share, there's a share, you know, there's that. Uh, book I read recently, Sapiens, I read a couple, and they talk mm -hmm. about it's our ability to connect around shared stories. Yeah. And when you've been through kind of struggle and you know they've been through the same struggle, there's immediate connection there for sure. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you get it. You know. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what it's like <laughs> to train injured. And, to like and you get invited yeah. to a lot. Like as athletes, it's I find it hilarious actually. Like as athletes, you get invited to all these swanky events. I'm actually, tomorrow I'm doing a golf tournament, PepsiCo golf tournament, and I they write us down and they're like, you're the celebrity. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I am not a celebrity. <laughs> That's awesome, though. You got to capitalize because I think people look in from the outside and there is, there's a degree of that or degree of awe because, you know, like the level you train, the level you perform at, I think it's good to elevate you guys a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Because you do more than the average person does. I get it, though. You're humble. Yeah, I, I mean, totally I don't, appreciate I don't, that. I definitely. I'm going to teach your horn a little bit over <laughs> Thanks, here. Thanks, Tyler. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I trip every day. Like, I, there's, there's a lot of. You mean you're still, you still put your pants on one leg at a time? I'm still human, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're so. a human who performs at a incredibly high level, and I think that's something that, from a celebrity perspective, I, you know, appreciating and respecting people that 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 do the extra and to push as hard as you do, I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I get the, I get where it's funny to you for sure. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm just me. Like, come on, get out of here with this celebrity business. But we just we we see each other at so many different events like that, so you just get to know each other, and uh, yeah, it's really it's really cool. Um, like I look up to a lot of the athletes that have gone to the Olympics and won medals for Canada, and I think. If I can get there, that would be amazing. But uh, 
first step getting to the Olympics. Second well, yeah, step. I was going to ask, because I'm <laughs> assuming winning gold is always the goal, mm -hmm. but you had so many other layers of accomplishment, like just getting your sport in the Olympics for one. So you've already kind of got a gold medal in that department. <laughs> so yeah, is, is that still the ultimate outcome? Because you've had so many different steps along the way that yeah. have been significant wins for you. Yeah, and thank you. For your, I mean, for your sport, not just for you, for everyone. I mean, like, I think that's, um, when you look at business, uh, there's no gold medals in business, really, right? There's there's awards, but I think you have to almost, it's really important to look back and reflect and, like, see, wow, like, what have I done? Like, I think, um, I was having this conversation with my mom the other day, and, uh, like, I'm very proud of what I've built and where I've come, and, um it's just, it's very cool to look back and see everything that I've done and how, how I've done it. Pfft, I have no idea. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, I'm, so, I've been home for a week from Europe and I've just been packing so much into my days. And, um, thank you for fitting me in. <laughs> yeah. Literally we just connected on Sunday and then boom, we made it happen, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and I actually, I was listening to, uh, this podcast on the plane. So I listened to a couple of them. Oh, right on. Thank um, yeah. oh, I'm always honored yeah. <laughs> when people listen. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, no, I really like, I, I really love podcasts. I think it's uh, hard because when we're on the road all the time, we all we're learning is canoe slalom and I, I like to continue to learn. So I think podcasts are one of the best ways to do that and um, really cool that it's local. Well, it, I, you know, for me, there was a couple different, I wanted to kind of get out there myself, but like I said to you earlier, I didn't want it. To, it's not about me. It's about elevating other people and telling their story. And, you know, and you know, Calgary as well as I do right now that we need some positive stories. There's yes, a lot definitely. of the negative over the last few years, but the negative is easy. And like, you know, if it bleeds, it leads that kind of old joke about the news. There are so many people doing so many awesome things in the city. And it's been so easy. Like, as I've done this, people are like, oh, you should talk to so-and-so. And like, they are there like on mass and bringing it forward and giving it, giving it a voice to me like it's just every day it makes me smile to be able to have these conversations yeah no I, I appreciate it so yeah um so 2020 what's between here and there you said that you know upcoming is the busiest year of the year of your life you've overcome so much but you're still like you're you're in the final in the final stretch what's what do you got what do you've got ahead of you um so i still have to raise eighty thousand dollars okay all right okay <laughs> so if um anyone out there is uh oh we're gonna to give you out, blatant yeah. plugs we're gonna let people know where to yeah. find you yeah absolutely um, no, 100%. yeah so that's that's a big hurdle um i would say that's just as big as a hurdle as trying to qualify for the olympics in my mind um and then we have two stages so the first stage is continental qualifiers okay. and then the second stage is the actual person who goes for our country so we only have one person per category per country was, that goes. Okay, that was my next question. Yeah. Only one person needs to go. Yeah, and then only uh, 22 nations go. So, yeah, so it's quite elite. Uh, so at the World Championships that are in um, September, they're in Spain, uh, we have to be in the top 17 nations to qualify a spot for Canada. Oh wow! So it's and September's around the corner. Like it's always from a, tra from a training hot, yeah. perspective, you're six weeks out, seven weeks out. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's exciting. I, I've rented an apartment in Spain for the year. It's quite cheap rent, so I've been going back and forth there. Let's um, just stop for a second. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. People are listening. You're like, okay, she works her butt off. She's like, but okay, the, but your business has now rented a, an apartment in Spain. That's yeah, fantastic. And I've, and I've uh, it's I've successfully managed to have different paddlers staying at the whole time. So essentially running like a paddler's Airbnb. 
Um, so we try and spend as much time as possible in the place that we're going to have. Well, of course that makes sense because of course the community, I know some people in Montreal and they have houses and they rent it out only for like bands. When bands yeah. are in town, it's the band that's house. Cool. Sounds like it's party central to me, but that's another story. <laughs> but she does like, she makes them breakfast and kind of is their mom while they're traveling. So you've kind of created this opportunity again, different, but tapping into that community, which makes sense. Yeah. And it's been like, there's been a couple hurdles to jump through to get it. Like you can only pay in cash. Like the person that I'm paying cash to doesn't speak any English. So I've had to go through one of the Spanish team members to, but yeah, and my Spanish resilient is not and any adaptable. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, being yeah. spider through this whole uh, this whole thing, but spiders um, in space. Yeah, that's, that's a great <laughs> metaphor for the whole thing. Yeah, so um, I rented an apartment there, and that's where Olympic qualifiers will be in September. So we have one World Cup before that. Uh, that's in Prague, and then um, hopefully it goes well there. If it doesn't go well, we have another opportunity, which is the Pan Ams in March in Brazil. How many um, people are going to be are going to be going to be so yourself? How big is the team that's going to go over? To, yeah, so there's to, to there are, there's three per, people per category, but um, my category there'll be two of us uh, just because there's only really two of us at that, that level right now. Okay. Um, so we're really working to work together to get that spot uh, for the country, and then once we have the spot, we're 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 a little bit in a fight to get half the person. Of course, it, it, is, it is a sport. And friends, it is competitive, know, of course. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, but mutual respect, but I still want to beat you. Completely. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be candid. It's a sport, and, the, and the, there's, you win or you don't. Mm. Yeah, and is there's... Your, is it points? Like, is it judged, or is yeah, it... Yeah, so we have points. Um, so, yeah, so uh, you go through gates. You have anywhere yeah. from 18 to 23 gates on a whitewater Green course. is down, red is up. Is that what I... Yes. Yeah, you got okay. it. All right, yeah, try you, to do my homework. You got your homework. You got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, if you touch a gate, it's a two-second penalty. Ooh, okay. And if you miss a gate, which is more common than you'd think... It's a 50-second penalty. Well, you are dealing with a flowing like body of water, man-made yeah. or not. Well, man-made would almost be worse because it's conspiring against you the whole time. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, there's some really hard moves that they set in courses. So when you do a course, you're you're visualizing it and you're definitely like trying to put yourself in there and, and know how you can... Well, you're literally going, like, going out in a racetrack. You have to picture every corner, every yeah. turn, how you want to go in. What you know, I'm sure you have a turn-in points. And I race motorcycles, so okay, I'm sure cool. it's very similar. And, you know, <laughs> versus on the road where you're just trying to survive and deal with the situation. On a racetrack, you memorize the course. Like you, the crack in the pavement where you mm-hmm. try to make your, your turn every time so you're consistent. I only... And do you get to practice a lot on the course? Like, do you get to really get a feel for yeah, it? Yeah, you get to... Like, you get, you get to know the, the features. So, like, we call them holes. So that's whether it's um, holes or waves or eddies so eddies are where the calm water is so you get to yep. know like how your boat reacts there but mm-hmm. the actual course set you don't get to practice that so oh wow so it's like first time out and you basically have to be problem solving as you're going down the course yeah definitely. Oh, wow that's super challenging yeah and i mean it's our sport is very technical but it's also very phonetical and when you watch a good run oh you're just like that person was in flow state for sure and you just you're like it's it's like dancing on the water, so it's it's very cool. Uh, and oh, it's so I, I'm beautiful really the way you describe it like it. that. Like flow is such an amazing concept when you're an athlete in those moments. It's kind of like we all chase it. Yeah, it's the thing we chase. But you can't chase flow. Yeah, I flow know. Comes to you. It's, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the. That, but you, you once you've tasted it, you're like, oh, I want more of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and and you can get it in so many different ways. Um, this year, I've been uh, kind of challenging myself to run some bigger waterfalls. Um, so hucking some big drops. I've just seen. To, I saw a few yeah. videos. Made my heart go. Oh, like I felt the adrenaline through you watching it online. Well, yeah, and yeah, and uh, my goal through that is that scares the crap out of me. I, like I love doing it, but it's totally scary. But it's actually instantly you're in flow state. Uh, so you have to execute, or there's very high consequences. There's a lot of right. stakes, and I think it's for me doing those. It's helping me to figure out how I can transition into flow quicker, so I can 
translate that onto the solemn course. It's an interesting observation. I've, I've found the same experience. I, I tend to draw myself to sports where it's the moment is so demanding. There's no choice but to be there. Like you and you get there because there's you're not, there's no chance to think about being in it. You're just in it because there's. A, it's, there's a bit of a survival. Mm-hmm. Speed will do that. The risk of death will do that. Yeah. <laughs> Pain and injury. So it's interesting. You're putting yourself in that environment to try to train that mental state of being able to access it a little bit more on demand. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- I do theory. need to be cognizant of Very interesting. Um, if I do mess up that line, like injury is something that can happen there. So, of course. Um, and I, you know, if I break my hand, like that's it. Um, of course. My season's over. There's, all, there's so. it calculated risk because your sport has risk. When you're in the environment of actually doing the comp- competition, I'm assuming the risk is lower. But when you're putting yourself in out in a river in a natural environment, I'm assuming the risk you know goes up exponentially. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, like being on the river is like my church. Like it's definitely it's beautiful out there. Like the fact that you don't leave footprints and you get to get places that people have never been before and probably will never go. I, I remember this one river we paddled in New Zealand. It's probably one of the stupidest things I've done, but also one of the coolest things I've done. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the asterisk. Like, well, in hindsight, I maybe shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, um, but we went, um, it was with a couple of my best friends and it was a full moon and we paddled the, a river called the Kaituna and uh, it was lit up, so it was quite light with the full moon and then when you go through, there, there's like big canyon walls and there was glowworms all the way through the side. Oh, wow. It's like and, out of a movie. Yeah. And it was, and so we're paddling it and uh, we're hucking like these waterfalls in the dark and a full moon. And yeah, I definitely had like a little bit of an incident where I got pinned against a wall and I have a little bit of a scar. But anyways, it was, I walked out of it fine. My best stories come from my worst yeah. decisions sometimes. But anyways. <laughs> and I remember one of my best friends, Taya look, and I looking at each other at the end and we're like, that was so cool, but let's never do that again. <laughs> um, but That literally would be like a spiritual experience. It was, it was, I mean, I felt like I was an avatar. It was That's just exactly what I was amazing. picturing. The world was, is lighting up. It was like it was otherworldly. And, and you're the only humans that are getting to see that at that moment. Yeah, and I just like, I mean, the places my boat has taken me and the people I've been able to meet has just been... Physically and metaphor- metaphorically. Yeah, is is very cool. And um, I never imagined myself being a professional athlete, <laughs> ironically. But I mean, here I am. And uh, I like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, I definitely... If you look at my bank account, you'd be like, well, maybe she wanted to do something I else. I know, but, but you can't trade um, everything on life just on dollars and cents. Experience, for sure. right? Absolutely. And, I, and um, I'm and, really... And, and the things you've learned like from a business perspective, listening to you talk as a business person, I go through, I've gone through all the same things in a completely different way, but the challenges, cool. and I'm like, oh, what if we don't make this deal? And can we make payroll? And it's all very, very real. Yeah. It's, and it, and it's, it's a series of moments of like, okay, I have to make it to this moment. And great, now quick. What I'd fail on is looking back and celebrating some of those past moments, which I'm hearing that loud and clear talking to you, because <laughs> yeah. you're always focusing on the next moment. Yeah, and I... It's easy, um, to, for me, it's easy to slip into that, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's something I, um, I... I brought meditation into my practice in the last two years, so I try and daily listen to... I listen to this app called Budify. It's $6, and then you get unlimited meditations, and I try and do it once a day, even if it's like sitting in my car waiting for an appointment or at the airport or something like that. But, um, I really, like, I think it's important to be in the moment and as much as social media has made us, okay, we got to film this and we got to do that. And, and that's a big part of my job is filming and capturing Documenti- what I'm doing documenting, documenting your life. Yeah. And, and you know, I really hate that aspect of my job, but I also <laughs> I appreciate, love that. I appreciate your honesty yeah. about it. Um, like it's, it does pull you, it does pull you out of the moment. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think like, and then, you know, there's some people who don't appreciate that when you're on the river and, um, 
I have to kind of almost explain it to them like, hey, look, like this is how I'm getting paid. My sponsors are expecting me to film this experience because they've helped pay for me to get here. So um, it, there's yeah. a certain, tr- there's a respectfulness like, yeah, your sponsors paid for you to be there. You, you, it, it is a, it's, I'm always about the high value exchange. Yes. So they gave you the opportunity to do that. So in value, you need to return that. But and thinking about it that way, I think can also take maybe because you don't want to resent, you never want to resent it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think uh, so just having to find balance of that. Um, I appreciate the mindfulness though and how important yeah. that is. We get to just take those moments and a lot of people are oh, meditating hard and I get distracted and yeah, all those things are true. But I like what you said of just find a moment in your car. It doesn't have to be on the mat in this perfect environment with candles and music. It's you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and whenever you find that moment to take it, I think that's really good advice. And sometimes I think people I've talked to about meditation and they kind of almost have this illusion of what it should be. Mm-hmm. It's just you finding that moment with yourself to be in the moment. Yeah, and I mean meditation. It's it's uh, I would call it mindfulness. That's what my, me and my sports I call it. Yes. Um, but uh, it's it's just being mindful of the moment and being hyper aware of what's going on. And I mean the best way to lose weight is breathing. <laughs> and, a, um, and a good combined with a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like you did, just uh, by incorporating breath into what you do and having it daily, like it's practice. I know it's it sounds crazy. But you start to have that as your reaction when things don't go the way you want them. And we all know the world is crazy and things don't go your way all the time, daily, right? So if you can make breath your reaction to something crazy that happens, uh, then I think you can get through it a lot easier. And then you just you open up your brain, you become aware, and then you're open to whatever's in front of you versus... Uh, freaking out and you know your shoulders are rising and you, you can totally see that and you're just like okay, okay, okay. and then the anxiety happens right and uh anxiety is I, I want to say it's become more prevalent in our society lately and I don't I think it's because of the digital age but I, I think there's a lot of research around like the amount of triggers we have day to day around mm-hmm. the fight or flight response and that you know our 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 thousand year old, you know, uh, uh, biology still responds like the tiger outside the tent kind of mm-hmm. response, but it's not, it's just a social media post. This too shall pass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if you but can you're right. Are, are the reaction, your response instead of, that's a really good advice. Instead of Zoloft or <laughs> whatever. But right? to your point, it, it is, it needs to be trained and practiced. Yes. Because your probably response is like we get short of breath and you're in a constant state of oxygen deprivation. The body's not going to feel rested, responsive or lose or, or it's going to store body fat because it's going to feel like it's under threat. Yeah. If, we, if we bring circle in that. Yeah, kind of exactly. The full it, I mean, it's cortisol and cortisol is what um, makes you store body fat. Absolutely. So yeah, stress, so. stress hormones. Yeah. So yeah. super solid advice for, because we're all busy and we might not be a professional athlete, but your family, kids, you're running around, you've got job oh, yeah. responsibilities, the dog is barking, oh my professional God. Professional mom and dad, you know, like that's a big job. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes it is. I 100% agree. And taking those moments of breathing, I think that's good advice. To, uh, you know, I love it. You, you can always pull and borrow things from other areas. You're like, oh, that's different than what I do. Yeah, but we're still humans having experience. Completely. And there's some shared things. So in terms of, you got a lot of time ahead, obviously you need to raise some money. So how would people reach out? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Like how, how how do I listen to this podcast and get excited and then help you? What would I do? Uh, so uh, you can find me on Instagram, Haley, H-A-L-E-Y, Dansky. Um, I ski, but <laughs> it's a... Uh, the Dansky, yeah, Dansky. I forgot that yeah. it was, I started calling you that in my mind. I'm like, no, it's Daniels. Daniels I know. <laughs> my, my, uh, one of my best friends growing up, uh, she uh, called me Dansky and I called her Marbar. And it stuck. And it so, stuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was go. the story behind it. It's yeah. funny in my mind that your name started to become that because I because yeah. I look at you on Instagram <laughs> had, all you know, the time. You're not the first person. A lot of people have been Can't. like Haley Dansky. I'm like, no, it's Daniels. Yeah. Um, Jack, but just not go, my but brother, just call but, me Dansky. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, you can Jack find my is website. Jack not my brother. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, and then um, 
you can find my website. It's hayleydaniels.ca. And yeah, I'm always looking to work with different people. Um, I do have an agent now that I work with and she helps me find sponsorships. So, oh, fantastic. Um, she's just been a dream to work with. And uh, yeah, she just brought in this new sponsor, Subaru. Um, and she also brought in Fresh Congratulations. Yeah, I saw I saw you. that you partnered with Subaru and you've got a, got a shiny new Subaru yeah, that's getting like, you to the mountains. I could never afford this car. It's a 2019 Forester Sport. So it's... Let's give it a little plug. Is it amazing? <laughs> Carries it boats like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's, um, I mean, like, I can press a button and, like, parallel park. And, like, every time I go close to the yellow line, it beeps. I've never had this. I had, like, a 2005. So you can, me- you can be mindful and meditate while the car is parallel parking <laughs> by itself. You can take a moment. No, that's awesome. I love, hey, yeah. I work in the world of marketing. So anytime, and when, when a sponsor, when a company goes out there and reaches out into the community and supports someone like yourself, I will blatantly plug them all day long. Yeah, and I... Because I think that's fantastic. It's, it's good. It's a lot of... It'll be a lot of work. Um, like, I... Yeah, high value, tra- high value do, trade. Yes, I'm expected to do a lot of social media for them in the next little bit. So um, I have a girls' trip planned uh, next week where we're going uh, kayaking, mountain biking, paragliding, heli So would, would I, if I want to follow that, would I just follow that on, on your It'll social media? It'll all be on Instagram. So we'll be doing um, a takeover with Mountain Equipment Co-op. So that's actually one of my other sponsors is Mech. Oh, you got some um, cool sponsors. Yeah, yeah, thank oh, you. yeah So coming. we'll be doing an Instagram that's takeover awesome. with them. And then um, we're also partnering with Golden Tourism. So we'll be on Golden Tourism's uh, social as well. And then also on my social. So, and then Subaru Canada. So it'll be a, uh, It'll be a busy week. We're going to be like... You're going to get a lot of exposure. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of eyeballs. Yeah, definitely. So it's going to be... Um, I'm re- like I was with some of my best friends going out filming. Uh, we all are pleasured. Well, we all have our passion of either photography or videography or um, paddling. And so we just get to go out. So that is a nice organic way to bring it all together. Completely, yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know what's next for me after sports, um, but... I'm kind of hoping that this is kind of my launch pad for doing something like this and telling stories, telling stories in the outdoors because I really love the outdoors. So that's fantastic. It scares me not being an athlete anymore for sure. But um, well, I think we can talk. I had, uh, I don't know if have you listened to the Kyle Schufeld episode. I, I did. Yes. Really interesting. And you know, he talked about that one point, you know, you're on an airplane and someone says, what do you do? Like I'm an athlete. He goes mm-hmm. that moment that it's like, I used to be an athlete. He's like, that was one of the hardest transitions of my life. Not yeah. to be, well, but it was so it, yeah. real. And, you know, talking to lots of similarities until my conversation with Kyle and yourself about the network and the people mm-hmm. around you. Yeah, and Connor is a great friend. Yeah. yeah. Also an awesome episode. I've, yeah. I've had, I've, yeah. Got to, I've got to hang out with some really cool people, but I'm going to put in a reserve spot after 2020 or even before, if it's relevant, <laughs> if you need any help, you can reach out. But after 2020, that. when you, when you win, I'm just going to leave it as win, <laughs> whatever, whatever experience you have, there is going to be a win for sure. But I'd love to have you on the show and talk about where things have gone what that experience because that's an amazing kind of pinnacle mm-hmm. and you know don't want to look at it like as the end point but it certainly will be the high point of what you've been building towards for the last 10 years or it'll be 11 12 years at that yeah, point yeah i mean and i amazing. hope i get there you know there's still like that uncertainty and i'm completely yeah. betting on that you're going to yeah. get there but <laughs> yeah, i realize no it, it's still no of course it's still a sport though and you're still going to bring your best foot forward and, mm-hmm. and everything you shared today was really inspiring and i hope people got an opportunity to hear the reality that you shared like it's not always glamorous it's not always living my best life on social media media yes i am and mm-hmm. my best life includes days that are days <laughs> like yeah, we've all had a just, day you always have to remember your why why are you doing this why are you working this job why are you going on doing this i think if you can have that very clear in your mind of why you wake up early and go to bed late and work really hard then it's a no-brainer yeah it's easy you can skip over all those little those little stumbling blocks which are which mm-hmm. are very real and very human 
Yeah. Haley, thank you so much for coming today. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with you and uh, best of luck with your future endeavors and I look forward to seeing you uh, on TV for, 20, for Tokyo 2020. Yeah, thank you. Have an awesome day. Mm-hmm.